Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, yo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by Traffic Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's the problem, Vinny Duber? Sean is just trying, attempting to make up for the White Sox run differential with oh. volume, and it's just, it's not going to work, Sean. You're spoiling my favorite part of the show. <laughs> Welcome in to our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. Uh, I'm host Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Uh, Vinny, who loves music but has sensitive ears, uh, is... You can I follow- don't have sensitive of ears i just don't i you've you've, you've just, made it a game now where you're just going to increase the shouting and i'm i've yet to see a reason give me a reason i'm just thankful i got the warning ahead of time i had his volume believe it or not everyone listening at home his volume was less than halfway down and that was still as loud as it's going to be Dis- right. despair is the reason uh you can follow Vinny on twitter though at Vinny Duber, uh, and he uh, is it was crafting up an article behind me the whole time. I heard him click clacking away. Uh, so make sure you're checking out allchgo.com and his Twitter page as well when he posts that and uh, after it's all edited and ready for your eyes. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Actorwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader, our producer, uh, who thankfully did not blow your ears out. Can't hear today. Uh, yeah. It's Stephen Nicholas, uh, who's Twitterless. But uh, we, we love him anyways. And he loves Jimmy Butler. Uh, I do love Jimmy really Butler. Ju- if, if Giannis scored 56, would you be wearing the Giannis shirt? Uh, yeah, I probably would. Okay. Right. I do have it. Bandwagon. That's all I'm saying. I'm not He's bandwagon. Greek. I'm Greek. And I love Jimmy Butler. You they just were to be playing each other. Honest, you, I, you were bagging Giannis Antetokounmpo's Greek heritage while, uh, uh, before, while I we more, watching that I game. am more Greek than he is. I'm just, he lived uh, in Greece. <laughs> He was a resident of I'm Greece. Actually, of Greek ethnicity, he is not. Oof. I don't want to wade into this conversation yeah, yeah, at all. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of the show, though, is we are coming to you live after a White Sox. I mean, I leave anticipation. Yeah, leave them waiting. People oh are like gosh, driving like, oh, what happened to the White Sox last night? You know, people that they still don't know. I haven't told them, even though Vinny spoiled it. After a White Sox loss, I didn't spoil it. No, he didn't. No, he did. No, he didn't. I said they had a bad run differential. They could have won ten to nothing tonight. They still would have had a bad run differential. It's true. I guess I spoiled it. No, Bruce is like son of a bitch. I'm not even listening anymore. It, it's you never know. Hey, it's it's razor thin margins with this team. Uh, we are coming to you uh, after a White Sox lost seven nothing to the Toronto Blue Jays. The White Sox have you heard this before? Had four hits tonight uh, and and zero runs. Uh, Definitely not the biggest storyline of today's White Sox day, though. Uh, very hectic, very crazy day. 
Where do you guys want to start? What's, what's the, the most shocking thing that happened today? Luis Robert Jr. went into the outfield with, uh, with earplugs on, apparently. <laughs> that was pretty shocking. He also has sensitive ears. He, yeah. does, he, might, he might not have any. <laughs> we, are, we are investigating. <laughs> the thing is, I would usually defend Luis Robert as he is the center fielder, and he's the captain of the outfield. Any center fielder is the captain of their outfield. But clearly, I mean, Vinny pointed out right when it happens, like, Aloy is calling him all out, and he's yelling, with his, putting his right hand out and saying, I got it. And it's pretty much in right field, right center field, and then after the play where Luis catches the ball and they almost collide again, you can hear and see Lolloy on video point to his ear. It's like, you got to listen, bro. You got to listen. And it happened again later in the game. And then you can see in the dugout where Aloy is showing Luis, man, look at this play. You're showing him on the video replay. And the Toronto Blue Jays uh, broadcast had it. And sorry, we can't show it to you because MLB's dumb. Um, Aloy's showing Luis is like, dude, this is my play. This is my ball, and I'm calling you out. You're not calling me off. So, for Luis to make all the great plays, awesome. Four great plays this year, and he's been top-notch in center field. But for the next step to happen defensively, he has to. Has to communicate with his other outfielders. If he wants to catch every ball, that's smooth. I'm fine with that. But at least let your other outfielders know, hey, I got this, and yell it out wide. And let people know that, no, I'm the center fielder. You back off. This is my ball. Well, and it doesn't seem like he's communicating that. At least the reaction from Aloy tells me that. Well, but, here's the thing. A few years ago, when this quick, was a – go ahead. Can we, can we? Let's just fill people in who maybe who didn't watch the game. Sure. Uh, and then we'll go right into that point. Uh, bottom second, Kiermaier hits a fly ball out to true right center field in between the two outfielders. Uh, Aloy merges on the ball. Luis merges on the ball. Uh, and – Robert ends up making the catch right in front of Aloy's glove. Literally, they had their gloves pretty much right aligned with one another. The instant replay on the NBC Sports Chicago broadcast showed Aloy in slow motion calling, I got it, I got it, yelling, I got it, I got it at the top of his lungs and uh, demonstrating with his arm, like, I got it, back off. And Robert still ran in front of him, catched the ball, and caught the ball. Uh, and then later on, it was, I believe, in the fourth inning, uh, and it was uh, Guerrero Jr. Yes, uh, Guerrero Jr. Uh, hit a fly out to center, and it was more to right field, but it was in right, right field. field. It, it was wasn't in right more field. to right field. It was in right field. Aloy was camped under that ball. And Luis Robert beelined towards it and still caught the ball. And that was when then another discussion actually happened between the two because the inning wasn't over of our show. Then ended up in, uh, ending the inning. But uh, that was, you know, a, a part where Aloy then kind of had that conversation as Herb was talking about. So those were the two plays that we're talking about. Rewind your brains to 2020 for a second. Luis Robert comes on, an incredible athlete, an incredible defender. He wins a gold glove for the amazing work he did in center field, and he's so good that he can play all three outfield positions at once and does so. He steals balls from Aloy Jimenez, steals balls from Leury Garcia in the outfield. It is humorous, and not only that, but welcome by a lot of people because here's Aloy Jimenez, who has injured himself numerous times by playing the outfield the way he has played the outfield. Um... And a lot of people not only laughed, they turned it into a bobblehead for Christ's sake, uh, but they say, hey, go ahead, do that, right? But what did we see when that was happening? We saw those near plays. We saw those guys coming together and nobody saying a word, right? 
And, and Luis Robert grabs it, and, uh, and Eloy is surprised and dumbfounded because nobody's saying anything to each other out there. Okay, Luis comes over. Fine. You guys wanted them to get better at defense. You guys wanted them to improve. You guys wanted Eloy Jimenez to, to improve. What is he doing out there, you say? Why is he not getting better on defense? What's going on? Today, Eloy Jimenez played right field the exact way you're supposed to play right field. And on each of those plays, he did the exact right thing. You, you want him to stop playing in a way that injures himself? Guess what? He was communicating with his teammates and making sure that he was not going to have the kind of collisions that he had way back when in 2019, you'll remember, when he ran into Charlie Tilson in Kansas City and put himself on the injured list back then. Aloy Jimenez did what he needed to do to avoid doing that, and Luis Robert Jr. didn't listen to him a lick. He didn't do it at all. And Louis, and Eloy's in the outfield going, pointing at his ear, saying, hey, you got to listen to me, you got to listen to me. And Eloy is exactly right. You guys will say whatever you want to say about Aloy. Not you guys necessarily, but some folks will say whatever you, they want to say. Oh, it's Aloy and defense. They don't go together. He shouldn't be out in the field. He did not have anything to do with those two plays tonight other than almost being on the bad end of them. If you're going to rip Aloy Jimenez for the way he plays defense that leads to him getting hurt in the outfield, you got to rip Luis Robert Jr. for playing defense in the outfield in a way tonight that could have injured Aloy Jimenez. Yeah, nothing more to say about that. He was just so bad. I don't know. And at the plate, like lost at the plate again. What is this, like 17 strikeouts in his last couple games? Just you can tell it's coming, and the pitchers are having such an easy time getting him out. It's three pitches in the first inning to get him out, easy, and then subsequently strikes out later in the game. It's just he's lost. As good as he looked for that good stretch of the portion in the middle of the April, this is how bad he's looked these last games. It's that frustrating thing where you see the potential. You see the, the greatness of Luis Robert but it's never going to make its way to the top because he's lost at the plate at times. And it's more often than not that he is lost at the plate. And now the defense is struggling where he's not well, calling off. It's, it's still struggling. That is a, it's it's that's one a, bad night, but it's egregious. Yeah, yeah. that's really I mean, bad. It's, it's ugly. What, what, maybe let's go to this conversation because I really don't say we can't say that his – his defense has been, what would you say? It's struggling. Struggling. That's I bad. Mean, I, I mean, yes. we, Before we, tonight, it's l- been phenomenal. Yeah. Literally <laughs> last night, we were giving him the gold glove. Right. And so the, I, I, I call him s- out when he, when he, when he struggles. Well, I want to fr- frame it because we haven't seen this from Luis Robert ever. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think we've ever seen him be dangerous like this. I mean, you brought up those specific parts where him and Aloy were not communicating, and that's absolutely fair, but... I think most of the examples you're bringing up, like the Tilson one, was Aloy specific, and you know the Aloy struggles tonight was not Aloy; it was Luis Robert, and I think he definitely had the the captain thing uh, about himself out there. But we haven't seen Aloy Jimenez in right field a ton. This is his second game since uh, 2023 in right field. These are the first three fly balls that he's seen this year in a White Sox uniform. And the first two that are even hit in his vicinity, Luis Robert is making it his M.O. to take these balls away from him. Does that say more about Aloy playing right field? And, and that's the right fielder that's out there, and he needs to, you know, think, compensate for the defender that he has been? Or is it coaching? Is it, you know, not having, I mean, we've talked about Daryl Boston and how he still has a job. He's, he's the outfield guy. I mean, are they still not doing enough to coach these guys? But this wasn't this wasn't an example of Luis Robert Jr. saying, I don't trust Aloy Jimenez to make that catch and right, so I'm going to yell him off of every fly ball. Yeah. 
I would be was, fine with that. This was him screwing up by not communicating with his teammate. Because because if, if, if what you're saying is true, then the captain of the outfield would have said, no, I've got it, and, and grabbed every one of those fly balls. He did that, but he didn't open his mouth. And because of it, he created a dangerous situation. And I agree with Vinny. Like, 100%. once a lawyer is yelling at you, if you're in the right and the captain, you're like, calm down. I'm the captain. I called you off. Now what? Go back to right field. And in in Aloy, I've never felt like, okay, Aloy won't catch that ball that's hit in the air. That's never been my problem with Aloy. I actually think he's a fine defender, a, 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 a league-level defender when the ball's in the air. I just don't like him being out there because he gets injured. But if the ball's in the air, the man knows how to track the ball. He can do it all right. If he's got to go for it, like, to the wall, then I'll get a little scared. But if it's not hard play. Yeah, if they're in the air, he's going to catch the ball. You've seen he's kind of proficient in fielding the ball out there in outfield. So for Luis to take over for him and act like he ain't there, I would feel disrespected if I was Aloy Jimenez. Already, they're already saying that you're not a good outfielder, and now you got your center fielder taking all of the balls that you're supposed to be catching, usurping you, it's like I, I would have a real big problem if I was a Loy with Luis, especially if he didn't call me off. And that's probably what he's waiting for. He's like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And if Luis says the same, then he'll peel off and go somewhere else. I'm sure he would. I mean, listen, what, the, the, the thing that you guys loved the most – from, from my uh, coverage of spring training was that video that I tweeted out of them doing the I got it drill in, in the, uh, with the pop-ups between the outfielders and the infielders. And Aloy Jimenez was part of that in right field. Uh, I mean, you know, he, 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 he knows what he's doing. He, he is not a guy... He's not a guy who has has a very nice history of playing defense at the major league level, but he's not like some guy who doesn't know the how to play the game. And he takes it seriously. Of course he does. And, and that's the thing is, like, the comments when he talks about how he is in the game when he is in the lineup and in the field, I think he's talking about he takes all parts of baseball extremely seriously. And I think that it just allows him to be more invested, more understanding of the game, uh, more in a rhythm, and Engaged. that's why he's he's, yeah. he's making that argument for himself. So then when your center fielder is barreling at you at 28 feet per second and you've been injured many different times, whether it be Charlie Tilson, whether it be trying to do a Luis Robert impression but, you know, getting hung up uh, on the wall. You know, what, Carter yeah, uh, yeah, getting getting <laughs> caught up in the net and Christian Yelich rounding the bases, whatever it may be. Um of course, Aloy is going to be pissed off. And, and I love seeing that from him where he is in the dugout and they're trying to work on it, right? I mean, you are at least seeing that conversation between those players. We didn't see any conversation between Griffal, Boston, uh, Tozar, anyone in the dugout. Well, well they didn't show us because you didn't right. see it. No, I'm not, I'm not, but I'm just saying yeah. we, we did see at least the, the communication between the players. Um, I, I you know, I, I didn't, you're, you're fair to bring up that, you know, it could be off camera, obviously. Uh, but anyways, it was ugly baseball, to say the least. Um, and with him now at the plate, you brought up 17 strikeouts in his last 48. I thought it was he was 4 for 44. James tweeted 4 for 40. Is he now 4 for he 44? Is, he is 3 for his last 44. How many strikeouts did he have today? It's two. So two se- with 17 strikeouts. Okay. Yeah. Um, Pedro Grafal on putting Robert in Robert Jr. in the leadoff position, quote, uh, I'm, and this is from James Fagan. Uh, this is pregame. And this is pregame. 
Uh, I'm not going to take Luis out of the top of the order because he's had a bad seven to ten days. He's one of the better players in the game. He's one of the better players. He's done it before. He's going to do it again. I trust him. I trust the work he's doing. I trust the work he did today in early work. I trust the work he's doing with Tozar and Castro and CJ. That preparation, complete confidence in Luis Robert Jr., complete confidence. Do we have complete confidence no. in Luis after a day like today and after the continued struggles at the plate? I mean, will we see a change from Pedro Grafal after mistakes like this? It's not even the mistakes. He's not a leadoff hitter. No stretch of the imagination. He doesn't get on base via anything but hits, and he doesn't hit enough to uh, warrant that. Like, Tim Anderson gets on at a good clip, so you could say, okay, that's my leadoff guy. Luis Robert, I think he's on 24% of the time this year because he's walked like three times, and he's, his uh, batting average is way down there because he's been struggling so mightily. You need, if your offense is struggling this badly, you need somebody who gets on base at the top of that order. Andrew Benintendi is more of a leadoff hitter than he would be. I would have Andrew Vaughn up there close to the top of the order. I would have Jake Berger at the top of the order. I would have people who actually get on base at the top of the order and batting more. Yes, Luis Robert could be your best player, but he is not right now. He is defensively great. Today was a bad day for him in the, in the field. Offensively, he's been Hit or miss, and it's more missed this year. Yes, he leads the team with five home runs, but that's just because he's on the White Sox. If he's on the other, any other team, he wouldn't lead the oh. team. But there's and nothing the guy that tied Luis, with him. It didn't, didn't make the opening year off. Yeah, the only thing that Luis Robert does, I mean, not the only thing, there's things he does well, and the one thing that he doesn't do well is walk or see a lot of pitches, and that's what your prototypical leadoff hitter does. So for him to be that rigid as Pedro Grafal, not wanting to move off of the, the leadoff guy is – asinine to me because he's never firstly being uh, a leadoff guy and then secondly you see the struggles are mightily and you see the offense not doing anything what do we say with Tim's here Tim leads and he's the straw that serves the drink why because he gets on base because he gets hits if Luis Roberts not going to get on base or get hits or get walks at the leadoff hitter what how good is he they're, they're making him worse by putting him in that position well, and would you have with Kikuchi on the bump tomorrow, Luis Robert leading off? Who no. would you have leading off against the left-hander? I'm having Andrew Benintendi. I, he still gives you good at-bats versus left-handers. I know he likes to drop him down. Pedro likes to drop him down to six because he's a left-handed hitter. Give him more at-bats. You saw today, yes, Andrew Benintendi took two called third strikes. The second one was a filthy pitch. The first one, he should have swung at it. It was a 97-mile-per-hour fastball down the middle. I don't know what the hell you're looking for. But I think that Andrew Benintendi, for the most part, gives you quality at bats. If you want to put um, Jake Berger at the leadoff, you want to put... Oh. I don't. I don't. Jake Berger just as fast as Luis you, Robert. You said the answer. Yeah. Um, no. Andrew no, no, you, Vaughn. It's Andrew Vaughn. E any of these guys. Do you I would have any of these guys over Luis Robert as a leadoff guy. I would have Luis Robert close to the the one spot. I would have him fourth or fifth right now. Can I take you back to August twenty fifth? The White Sox are in Baltimore. Luis Robert is dealing with his wrist injury. Do you know who led off that game? Louis Garcia. No. Hmm. Andrew, Andrew Vaughn. Vaughn. And what do you do? He hit a homer. Okay. Off Jordan Lyles. So, hey, I'm just saying, Andrew Vaughn in the leadoff position, it's worked before. Sorry, not to get off track. Well, I think that in a vacuum, Pedro's comments are not, Pedro's position, I should say, are not wildly out of line. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that should, the thing that stands out the most to me is that it has nothing to do with Pedro. It's that here we are seeing Luis Robert Jr. look very much the same that he looked back when he was Luis Robert in 2022. 
It is it is chasing chasing pitches outside the strike zone, which mm-hmm. is a team wide problem, which was a team wide problem all last year. Not walking, team wide problem, team wide problem last year. And the power, five home runs in the first twelve games, none in the in the last twelve games. Kind of a team wide problem, just like it was last year. Luis Robert Jr. is kind of emblematic of what the White Sox are going through. All this talent and and nothing going on here. We're going to get to what Lance Lynn said to A.J. Pruszynski earlier today, um, and it was a lot about how it seems to be taking time for the the revamp that Pedro and these coaches were brought in to do uh, to take hold. Uh, The White Sox don't have that time. They don't. They don't have that time because this is a year in which they're supposed to be competing for a World Series, competing for a championship, which is, of course, laughable to most people uh, as they <laughs> sit here 10 games under 500. But if, if, you wanna, if you have faith that Luis Robert Jr. is going to turn it around and you want to just leave him there and keep throwing him out there, go right ahead, Pedro. But the problem is that the White Sox put all their – eggs in the basket of bringing coaches in to to turn these players around these same players that failed last year bring the coaches in they'll work with them they'll get them back to where they're supposed to be and so far through 24 games it's a small sample size I understand but they are looking exactly like they did last year if not worse the record is much worse Luis Robert Jr. is perhaps the poster child for looking the same as he did last year I'm not going to sit here and say what are these coaches doing are they not doing anything of course they're doing anything they just spent an entire off season an entire spring and an entire first month of the season trying to work to get this thing turned around but it hasn't happened and if it's it's perfectly reasonable to say that that could take time to happen but the White Sox don't have that time yeah you've you said spinning tires earlier I think yesterday I said waiting for the Jets to turn on kind of like the spaceship falling in free fall and just waiting for those Jets to or the boosters to to push them off uh right they're still waiting for those Jets to kick in uh we might have a a SpaceX tragedy coming up I, I don't know uh but uh Herb Yes. I just want to play a little game real, real quick before you go into this. Okay. Uh, Vinny brought up the chase rate yeah. and how you know that was a problem last year, and right now the White Sox lead Major League Baseball with a 38% out of swings uh, percent, which is it was chase percent. I'll just use chase percent. That's a lot catchier. Uh, Jose Barrios yep. just started for the Blue Jays today. What was, uh, again, White Sox lead Major League Baseball with a 38% chase rate. What was Jose Barrios' uh, chase rate tonight? Uh, 38%. 38%. Isn't that funny? So, yeah, we're not seeing any improvement, and even on the day-to-day, the, you know, the game-to-game, the series-to-series, they have now lost another series officially with this loss. And, David, I think you, like I, and everybody else would look at uh, Jake Berger and like, nah, that man can't run. He can. 85 percentile in the league, and Luis Roberts 89th percentile. Well, so it's not so, too. I know it's, I, it's I, but no people. I, I, the one thing just with Statcast, like when you look at the the player profiles and those red dots, like it would say his sprint speed in is very close. 85th percentile, right? Yeah. But again, I think that's a little bit unfair because right now technically Jake Berger is faster than Tim Anderson, but right. also there's stats that have burst. Right, So the top speeds of these athletes are different. Tim Anderson isn't running at his top speed, running his ass off every single time because he doesn't... (laughs) Yes, maybe. But like Tim Anderson has more bursts. He has like three bursts this year. Luis Robert has five bursts this year. They're hitting 30 feet per second, which is an elite speed. Jake Berger is never hitting that elite speed. What you can say about Jake Berger is elite grinder. No, no, no. Grinder. No, the sprint speed number is close. And 
like he was saying, oh, okay. they're not close. I'm like, they are close. You look at the bodies, you're like, no, that guy is slow, slow. No, Jake Berger gets up, picks him up, and puts him down. So to put him at leadoff is not out of the question. Because what is Luis Robert in leadoff? Nothing. Well, I, I think mean, you can't Kirk, you just beat, you can't steal first, as they say. Yeah. As I was just going to say, I think the, the point is not who's faster, it's Luis Robert doesn't get to run when he strikes out 17 times yeah. in, over the course and of the And the White Sox, even if it is a drop third, they won't go to first. They'll be like, oh, what's, what's, what's a drop third strike? I don't know fundamentals. I'm going to sit my ass here or walk to the bench. Hey, drop third strikes. We can now transition to AJ. You brought up AJ. So there we go. We'll, we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll get to your Super Chats, and we'll also hit up our sponsors. Hey, Cody, if you have a second, get over here. Uh, we got to let you know about our friends over at Pins and Aces. They're the official golf apparel partner of All out. City and CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear and Cody. get tons of compliments on and off the course because Cody looks so good in his Pins and Aces gear today. Why is Cody not listening to us? They're a family-owned golf and apparel business. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleep. Cody, I'm talking about the hats, and you have a hat on. Turn it around. Uh, it's an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinks cold the entire round. Check out Pins and Aces and use the code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. Uh, that's PinsandAces.com. Thank you, buddy. You're looking real good <laughs> today. Look, they're wearing the same hoodie, uh, too. Also, Go Padres. <laughs> it's 2-0. Uh, and it's NBA playoff times. They got the double screen over there. Uh, currently, the Nuggets are taking on the Timberwolves. That means big hoop at action with our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers, customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Just open up the... DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. All right, here's the long disclaimer. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Massachusetts call 1-800-327-505. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbooks for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. All right. Uh, we brought up. Yes. Per, per James Fegan, who's up in Toronto, Pedro Grafol said Yasmani Grandal had a back spasm. And his day-to-day, he said Grandal could catch in an emergency, and they don't think they'll need to make a roster move. Uh, we saw him uh, exit the game late today. Uh, Steven and, and Sean, you guys both saw him uh, uh, maybe wince a little bit on, on the check swing that he had in that seventh inning. Uh, a back spasm is the diagnosis, according to the Southside skipper. That works. Uh, that was the only other note that I had on the game that I wanted to bring up. Uh, anything else on the plays in center field on Luis Robert and Aloy? Anything else from this game, Jose Barrios? Yes. Um, Mike Clevenger is a trash pitcher today, maybe for his whole career or lately of his career. He had eight three-ball counts into the eight, third inning. He was at 71 pitches into the third inning, like – you got to give your team a chance. He was walking guys left and right. I think he finished with three, three strikeouts. The home run to Jansen did not give his team any chance today to win the game. 
Yeah, fastball tops out in 97. But as Sean was uh, showing, it was full effort 97. And when he needed to actually get a strike with those pitches, he wasn't throwing 97. He was throwing like 93, 94. And so he was going max effort on those just to show, hey, I got 97. But he was that was the only pitch really he was getting over. Slider was trash, and that I think that's what uh, Jansen hit for the home run. So, yeah, Mike Clevenger, it might be a short stay for him because – this pitching will not do for anything because he is not consistent with his fastball. He's not consistent with his slider, and he can't really get anything else over the plate. So it was a tough, tough go for my man, Mike Clevenger. Not my man. Sorry. I, I don't want to be part, I don't be part of him. Gotcha. Yeah, you, you got to just be careful when you're saying my man. Uh, you, you throw that out loosely. No, my man sometimes yeah. I mean, uh, you know, sarcastically. Yes. Um, that's the big thing is, I mean – he has one pitch, and I, I see Southside Sox being very nice calling him a two-pitch pitcher. He has one pitch right now, and it is a fastball. And as Herb noted, he's overthrowing the complete shit out of it. And when he throws it in the zone, it's actually around 93 and 94. And he could spot it 93, 94. And I think part of it, too, is, hey, I'll throw 97 high in the zone. and it's like a you show know, me th- pitch. That, that should get some swings and misses. And it does. But when guys are able to lay off of it, a zone contact of 88% on that four-seam fastball. If that is his best pitch when he throws it in the zone, 88Z contact, and that's another made-up stat for the contact. contact. <laughs> There's like 30 hitters in Major League Baseball that have Z contacts, or last year in 2022, that have Z contacts of 88%. That is like elite to make contact 88% of the time uh, on a pitch in the zone. There was 13 fastballs that they made contact on. So whenever he threw it in the zone, it got smashed. And let's talk about the other pitch, the slider. Hey, how far did Danny Jansen hit that? I mean, mercy. So that slider is a bad pitch. The curveball is a bad pitch. He only threw it three times. Uh, He threw a sinker a lot last year. He he showed it twice. Uh, But his fastball, forcing fastball, as you mentioned, Herb, he was overthrowing it, not able to find the zone, and a called strike whiff percentage on that pitch of 17%. Major league average for an entire start over an entire arsenal is 30%. 17% called strike whiff percent says you can't do shit. I, I, I hate watching that guy pitch. Well, Sean, and you're, you're talking about the micro, but how about the macro, which is last time out uh, against the against the Phillies, yep. Mike Clevenger only lasts three innings because he has one inning in which he throws 44 pitches. He's out of the game 75 pitches in three innings. Today, he made it through five, mm-hmm. which is which is a good job considering the, the way that the, this bullpen has been used. But, Herb, he was at 71 pitches after three, three innings. Yes. And he didn't have that extraordinarily taxing inning like he did the, the uh, outing previous. But that's two in a row now. You're over 70 pitches in the, after three innings. You can't be doing that. You nope. can't be doing that. Not only are you putting your team in a hole with the runs, but you're putting your team in a hole for days that follow with the way that you're making the bullpen work. Now, again, I will, I will, I will compliment him for gutting his way through five innings today, for getting through five innings today at only 100 pitches. The, the fourth and the fifth, he made it a little bit more economical, but that is something that cannot become a trend for Mike Clevenger because then every fifth, every fifth day, the White Sox are using four pitchers or five pitchers. Bottom of the fourth, uh, he got through. He faced uh, Merrifield, Jansen, Kiermaier, Springer, Bichette, and threw 16 pitches, uh, got 
one out, and then Guerrero came up with a runner on first. He swung at the first pitch, flew out. Varsho, next batter, swung at the next one. That was the jam. He was in the runners at the corners. And, yeah, and right. he got out of it. Yeah. So really, I mean, if, if they didn't swing at those first pitch and kind of worked them, he probably wouldn't even gotten through through five. Yeah. So, um, you know, they, they, they were a very precarious situation. We might have seen four innings of Tanner Banks rather than three innings. And that's what I want to give. That's the positive today. Tanner Banks, four <laughs> innings of work, or three innings of work with the home run given up to Jansen. Let's get back to the negative because uh, there's a lot more of that. Tanner Banks. Uh, we got Ryan, Ryan uh, uh, Neil Cotts. Neil, 46 lights, likes. Is that Neil Cotts? No. Hermison? Uh, Neil Cotts is 46, Polite? right? Is that, right? Is that Cliff Polite? No, I think Polite was like 51. Mercy. I got to look up Neil Cotts' jersey. 46 number. was Howery. I know that. Okay, Bob. Oh, Forty six. You're right. Oh, you were thank right. you. Come on. I, I, I know cuts. my lefties. Uh, you know your you know your Illinois State Redbirds. So, yes, <laughs> if you didn't say it, I was going to. Uh, we got oh now forty seven. So that's that's Joe Umber. McEwing. It was oh, Joe McEwing Joe for McEwing. a bit. Super Joe. So uh, if you guys are hanging out with us, please hit that thumbs up button. We do get really us appreciate Mark it. Uh, get us to at least Mark Burley. We'd love that. Uh, but let's hit up the uh, super chats too, since we got some, and then we'll get into the uh, negative of uh, AJ, uh, not AJ specifically, but uh, the, the AJ stuff. Uh, Matty Rice, we'll start off with him. If Jerry isn't going to sell, do we have any faith in Jerry to hire the right people to get this going in the right direction? We'll probably get into this with the Kenny Williams discussion a little bit later, but um, Herb, big quote from uh, the Sun-Times today and Daryl Vince Gowan from uh, Kenny Williams. Uh, quote, accountability around here is not a problem. Uh, you talked a lot about accountability last year. Stop it. How do you feel it. about that? Stop it. Right. I mean, they pretty much blame the 2022 season on Joe McEwing who's not on the team anymore, Frank Minichino, who's not on the team anymore, and Tony La Russa, who's not on the team anymore. Daryl Boston's still here. Accountability? We're still seeing the outfield mistakes. I don't know if he's still directing the outfield. Otherwise, his first base coach, is that's all he's doing? He needs to be fired. I mean, Kenny Williams himself, what do you do here? You need to be gone. Rick, Rick Hahn, what do you do here? Ten years on the job, one champion, uh, one playoff appearance, two in the in the full years. Oh. I'm not giving the Milky Mouse one. I would, I mean, I would usually, but that season was even disappointing too. They got the first playoff uh, appearance, or they got the first uh, berth, and then they faltered down the stretch and had to play the Oakland A's in that first series, and they looked lifeless in that one, except for the Lucas Giolito uh, uh, outing, and then Tim Tim Anderson being Tim Anderson. But Adam Engel but, homered in that series. Uh, Luis Robert hit one into the it's Davis. Still gone. It's that's still, also true. Yep. That's where the possum is but nesting. What do these people do? Like, where's the accountability? They're still on the job after a rebuild that failed. It's still failing currently. So don't talk to me about accountability. And don't talk to me also about Rick Hahn saying, we got to pay back the fans or we got to win back the fans. How? Ticket prices are higher. The food is still the same. Like, how are you paying back the fans? Lines are still long. Dude, we didn't have Sox Fest this year. Mm. So, where are you paying us back with? The record is 7-17. Seven and 17. Oh, uh, there, I remember uh, 50% of the start, uh, the offseason was the starter. They tried it out today. Yeah, and that garbage is out there. Yeah, you're going to make us, White Sox fans, like, actually root for a guy that we detest, don't like. No matter where you fall on the he was exonerated thing, and I'm putting those in quotes. That man is a trash human, and you're making us every fifth day go and cheer for that guy. I refuse to. I'm just, I don't want him to get hit hard like this, but every time he does, I'm like, he wasn't a good pitcher in the first place. And to set well, the market for that man in damn November is bad. And Kenny Williams, there's a reason why they don't put a mic in front of your face. 
That's garbage. We don't want to hear from you unless you're saying we suck. We need to do better. We are. We should be held accountable. I'm a head in my resignation tomorrow. Otherwise, I don't want to hear from you, Kenny. I'm, I appreciate Daryl for asking him and Kenny for speaking, but your talk is not necessary, Kenny. Neither is Rick Hans, unless you're saying we suck at our jobs right now. We need to be better. Us, we are, we are, we are finger pointers. Not, I mean, we're we're looking at the thumb, not the finger. A lot of quotes today. Can I throw out a quote um, for you guys, and we'll play? Uh, who said this, or uh, who's this about? All right, uh, this is. I'm sorry, Rick Hans said this, but uh, who is Rick Hans saying this about? <clears throat> quote: We know it's a risk. Now is the time to make some of these calculated risks. I know what that's about. That's about Mike Clevenger. Oh, would you agree? I know he said that Mike Clevenger was a calculated risk, though I would have to guess that this is about somebody else. Vinny, look <laughs> at you. You're a reader. You're a scholar. Yes. So good on those uh, reading comprehension tests in elementary school. <laughs> from a from po- former president, I think, of the, uh, the Baseball Writers of America, Rick also- Hahn on Liam Hendricks signing. Pretty risky. That guy, that guy with his uh, great... Uh, acts in the community with his stellar, consistent play with being on the, the AL field. reliever uh, of the year. What, what, what has he won more? Uh, yeah, AL reliever of the year or the Roberto Clemente award? Yeah, yeah. calculated risk. Calculated my sure. ass. And you're paying him the same amount of money as you are per year as Mike Clevenger. Calculated risk. I just, I just find that. Because we talked a little bit about the missteps. You are not, you are not providing the context at which those were said. But, well, but uh, that's fair. But both of them were quote unquote calculated risks. And right. I, I believe at the frustrated. time, Rick, when talking about Liam, Rick was talking about the financial commitments they were making with where they were in their rebuilding stage. When he was talking about Mike Clevenger in spring training, he was talking about specifically Clevenger and the acts of immaturity, to use Rick Hahn's words, that he had shown in in the past. But were they overstepping by giving a closer $12 million no. a year? I mean, no. their, their payroll's now up to 180. They just, they signed, they gave 75 million to Andrew Benson. They gave 72 to Yasmani. They gave 75 to Yoan. They gave 43 to Luis. They gave 42 or 43 to, to Luis. Sure, but why are, I don't understand why we're litigating this. Liam Hendricks has been but just fantastic for them. <laughs> no, but I, I know, but I'm just, I just find it interesting that they describe both of those players or both of those moves as calculated risk when it's just, I, I think, unfair. I don't, I don't know. I mean, just again, yeah, it, right. there's context. And then there's also two, you've got to remember Rick Hahn does a lot of talking. He uses the fra- same phrases over and over again as That's well. Uh, let's go to the super chats. Let's sorry to derail. Uh, Jack K, uh, five bucks to ask you gentlemen to give me one solid reason to watch another single inning of this team. Thank you, Jack K for the five bucks. I'll give you two names or two words. When we just discussed them, Liam Hendricks, like, I'm looking forward to that man coming back on the mound, hopefully at guaranteed rate. Hopefully I'm there in attendance to give him a standing ovation for what he's done, not only beating cancer, but he's a a minch. He's a great guy. And having one of those great people on your team, representing your team, being a great player as he is, I want to be there and I want to watch him perform no matter what. And uh, that's one reason why you should watch one more inning this year if it's only that time where Liam comes back for the White Sox. Well, I mean, you've got to follow along with the story to know what we're talking about. Because obviously you're going to keep tuning in to CHGO White Sox. So you got to you got to stick with the story. I can give I could give everybody 
one reason to watch. If you're just wa- uh, talking about specifically watching the game, uh, especially one inning, as Jack Hay respected, May 12th, Jose Abreu returning to Guaranteed Rate Field. You'll want to see that. You'll want to see the ovation. Video tribute. The, the, the video <laughs> tribute, uh, hopefully it's longer than Vince Velasquez's uh, video, Vince video highlight that Pittsburgh welcomed him in on. Uh, hey, he's, he's dealing. He's out there dealing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think you're going to want to see the whole grandeur, the allure, the, the pomp, the circumstances, uh, you know, uh, all, all of the, the good stuff, the vibes. Make sure you his get, return. catch both the pomp and the circumstances. <laughs> yes. can't, can't miss it. Uh, more Super Chats. We love you people. And then we'll get to uh, Lance Lynn's comments. Uh, Husky Bardo saying, they aren't having fun seven games out, road to 100. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, we uh, 92 wins for them to match the 2022 Cleveland Guardians win record. Uh, 92 wins for the uh, Guardians in 2022. Sox would need to win 85 games uh, here on out to get to 92 wins, uh, which seems 85 like out a, of 138. Yeah, uh, 85 and 53 Jeez. would have to be the record. It's possible for a team that has a not team that has not won a series yet would basically have to win every series All they play in. Let's go, baby. Hey, a couple sweeps will maybe help that out. Sure, right. right. Uh, There's margin for error. Yeah, yeah. The, ra- the best team in baseball is coming to town this weekend. Let's, yeah, see, let's start with them for four. And what what just happened when they played? Hmm? What what just happened when the, the they just played the White Sox in the race? Oh, they got swept. By oh, the race. right. Okay, yeah. they didn't win a single game. Now okay, it's going to be four games, so it gets swept in more games. Um, thank you to the Vegger family and also uh, Ellie Stein saying uh, Luis Robert Jr. Javi Baez 2.0. Javi was always aces in the field. And I know Luis made that fantastic play last year, but I don't think we ever saw Javi making plays like that. Oh, sure. He made errors and stuff. Almost injuring a teammate, though, twice. One thing I will not do, I will not uh, compliment Luis Robert on a base running play that obviously the Pittsburgh Pirate messed up. Where, oh, my God, what a smart play by Javier Baez. Like, no, all the guy had to do is touch first, and the play is over. I don't care if, the, if uh, Contreras scored. The play is over if the man just touches first, as it's fundamentally known. After that game, he literally got shipped out to Japan. He's still playing in Japan. I'll tell, you that, I'll tell you this right now. I know this is not going to find a lot of uh, popularity amongst uh, this audience, but I always thought Javier Baez was just so damn fun. To watch. Oh, the slides were nice. Slides, the tags, tags were nice. I mean, it's just fun. Slide he can strike taggy. out. It might not be as productive as you'd like, but boy, boy, that was fun. Yeah, I'm a in dork. an entertainment in an entertainment uh, industry. Bring on more plays like that. I'm a dork. When a guy doesn't play, when a guy doesn't lock in for every single at bat and really diagnose whether a pitcher's trying to do to him, mm. whether it's going to be a fastball high, a mm. slider low and away, I think that guy's just absolute bum. You know, there's yeah. no redeeming there's nothing qualities fun, at all. There's nothing more, nothing more fun and exciting than concentration. Boom. And that's why <laughs> Andrew Vaughn is going to uh, arouse America for years and years to come with his uh, dazzling play and uh, command of the strike zone. Uh we are out on uh, Super Chats, but we got uh, one more comment that I did want to bring up from uh, Mini Dar, and then we'll get back in. Uh, DFA Abreu. Um, it's already gone. <laughs> I don't know if they just are talking about for the Astros, because he says the stats are bad for Abreu. So maybe he's not been like, good. No, uh, I don't think he's hit a home run yet. Correct. So he, him and Andrew Benatendi mm-hmm. uh, not hitting homers. So, I mean, what what are we really missing? I mean, it's it's a typical. Aloy in left field. It's a typical uh, Jose Abreu April. He'll be fine. Um, let's get into Lance Lynn and see if the White Sox will be fine. He gave some 
color today on foul territory tv uh aj Przinski is a part of that show eric kratz scott braun and i believe lorenzo kane was also a part of the panel and lance lynn joined the todd father he's on that show from time to time time time. you ever see his batting cage the one at his house yeah no oh it's sick so when he has a shot like at his house, you can see it from behind him. That's his backdrop. Is a batting cage. Well, like it's like his. It's like his office is kind of like elevated. So he's it's got a nice like house in down. Jersey, is what you're exactly. saying. Okay. He's got like a compound gotcha. where it's like his garage. It's the king of Tom's batting. River, New Jersey. <laughs> of course, who else would be? Um, Adam Eaton. But he's got these crazy oh, like neon signs of all the teams he played with. It's oh, very okay. cool, like on the wall. That's you gotta neat. gotta look it up. It's very cool. Love um, a neon sign. Love Todd Father, man. <laughs> gotta go. We gotta go check on Todd. Um, <laughs> I'm going now that you take over. <laughs> Stretch. Um, what were we talking? What were we talking, we're talking about? Talking oh, about oh, there Fall we go. Uh, Lance Lynn joined them, uh, Fall Territory TV, uh, from his hotel room in Toronto, talking about how it has been to adjust to Pedro Griffol being the manager in the first. I guess this would be 23 games because they hadn't played the 24th game yet. To be honest with you, we are in the midst of everybody learning a whole new way of going about things in this organization, coaching staff and everything. And guys are taking the right steps. Um, problem is, is it hadn't clicked. We've been in games against good teams and just didn't finish them, whether it's not scoring at the end, losing in extras, things like that. So the process, um, the way of, of going about things, preparing and all that is at a whole new level here. And that's where we're at right now. we got guys that are literally trying all new things and learning on the fly things um, all the way around. And then we've got guys who aren't playing up to their caliber also, um, me being number one. I haven't thrown the ball well. I've thrown the ball like shit, to be honest with you. I've had a couple of decent outings, but for the most part, I haven't been myself so far. Um, That's got to change too. We start pitching a little better, start going deeper in the games, giving our bullpen a break because we're absolutely abusing our bullpen, putting them in too many situations um, in early in games and having to cover too many innings. So starters got to go deeper. Um, give the bullpen a spot and uh, we got to pitch better and we start doing that then the offense and defense can you know kind of find their groove because they're scoring runs the problem is, is we've given them up and and then they're feeling like they got to press even more uh, especially with all the you know the new concepts that that are going around the clubhouse right now and people are are, are latching onto them and doing their job we just got to find our groove so obviously they haven't found their groove yet in game 24, but is it concerning that things are still being adjusted and that these adjustments haven't settled in yet? I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier, and, and I think that, again, it's reasonable to expect the revamp that, that Pedro Grifol was brought in to, to undertake to take time, right? I mean, I, I think a lot of people would say, well, what were they doing during the offseason? What were they doing during spring training? It was very possible, you watched all of last year, that it was going to take longer than that to get these fixes made. That being said, the White Sox are at a time right now in this supposed contention window. They're supposedly right in the middle of this. I don't think they had this time. I mean, how long is this going to take? And again, I'm not saying that this is Pedro Graval's fault. You know, he's probably doing what the White Sox wanted him to do. But what the White Sox wanted and needed him to do was something that might take a long time. I'm just going to be hypothetical here and say, would it take long enough that they're going to keep losing and this season gets washed away as a year in which you can compete? Again, that's a hypothetical. This is baseball. We, we've seen teams turn around a fourth-place start right. 
often. I mean, Cleveland won that year 23 straight games. Right. I mean, I think you brought up uh, James Fegan's article yes, uh, yesterday where he mentioned the Cardinals won 17 straight last year or like a few uh, years, years ago. ago. And, right. and I think it was both the Guardians and the Yankees at one point had a stretch of 23 games where they only won seven. And, and, and so, again, this is not unheard of. The point being, though, that if this – problem was so deep if this problem was so bad that bringing in this new coaching staff to fix it is something that takes this long and I don't mean like stopping tomorrow I mean going into the summer something that takes that long well then you just you just lost 2022 because of the disappointing play throughout that year and the injuries in that year does it mean you lose 2023 as well and is that two years out of the middle of this window how much longer past 2023 is that window going to stay open it's a lot of questions we don't have those answers because the games haven't been played yet but I'm it 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 struck me as very interesting to hear that from Lance Lynn because you wonder was this problem so bad that the expectations, not necessarily the ones set by the team, but just the idea that they could come back and compete this year, were those realistic if this was something that needed to happen, an entire overhaul where all the hitters are apparently going through all these new processes, or is this something that's going to pay off big time come June, July, August, September? We'll find out, but right now we're looking for explanations that sounds like a bit of an explanation to me. And Lance said what I was uh, explaining early in the year. Like, it is going to take some time to undo what they've learned from previous administrations. Now, they don't have the time to do that, and 7-17 and 17 is disappointing. And so I'm not excusing the team or Lance or any of the players for this poor start. But I can see the truth that he's telling there. Um it's if it does take a long time and they start playing well in June and July, I'll still get on them because it's you need to perform when the bell rings in April. That's why you had Pedro Gafol here initially. That's why you had the offseason. That's why you had all the coaches in here. And if they can't get it done initially to just squeak by a couple wins when you're not at your 100% like peak. Like you need to find a way in these games in April to find a win. If you're even if you're not doing the the stuff that we're preaching as uh, Pedro Falls as uh, and his coaching staff are doing, I'm process over results guy. But also, the season is fastly going away from you. You're seven games now behind the Minnesota Twins, and the Twins don't look like they're about to let up. So they're not gonna like sit there and wait for you to get better and sit for you to wait for all the stuff that Pedro and Castro and Johnson are telling you to do. They're not gonna wait for you. And it's gonna be way too late for the White Sox to strike if they're not gonna take what they're doing and what they're teaching right now. And after we had an off season of talking about Yasmani Grandal developing into a goaltender, um, are mm-hmm. we concerned about this back tweak? Because you did see on the swing that he kind of grabbed at his back. He winced after the, the not swing, because it was a checked. Yeah. Uh, but he, he checked up his swing. That's what re-aggravated Moncada's back, by the way. Check swing. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And then that was day-to-day. And then that was, eh, we'll see. And then that was, we'll put him on the IL. He's been out and for now two weeks plus. he's going to be, he's a timeline later than Tim. And with Yasmani's long back issues that have been recent, Concern level for Yasmani is is it is it unfair to have concern level of no. for for a player like no that? as you said before back problems are always gonna be an issue and they're always gonna be reissued be when you do things like this when you catch 
when you do a check swing as a what 35 36 year old man it's holding all your body weight back and and they actually called him for a strike on that which I don't think he swung at but these back issues are going to be a problem for Yoan Moncada the rest of the way for his career, I believe. Joe Creedy, I remember uh, when he left the White Sox, had back problems and really couldn't uh, continue playing. Um, at third base, takes a big-time toll on you. Same thing with catcher. And so these things are going to have to be managed and looked at. I think Yasmani Grandal probably uh, has a, a DL or IL stint in his future. This is the problem with the team that they have. They're oft injured. And this is the problem with the team that the White Sox are. 7-17 Seven and 17 is because Tim's hurt. Yoan's hurt. This other guy's hurt. It's, it is a constant thing where they're not getting their core players out there playing games versus the other team. And then when they do play, they're not playing at their peak. Like, Aloy's perfectly healthy. Is he hitting? Right. No, that's what I'm saying. And what was the whole stat uh, last year whenever we uh, saw – Abreu, Grandal, Vaughn, Anderson, Aloy, and Robert all in the same lineup or whatever the, the, the six were. Um, I think Mancata, Robert, Aloy, Abreu, Anderson, Grandal. And Grandal. Uh, those six. Like, we didn't see those six players in the White Sox lineup at the same time. there was one, one was game, like, two games, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, and maybe if we're completely like off, 10, like, like 20 left. at the most. Yeah. Like, we never saw them at full health. And here we go again talking about Lance Lynn mentioning we need to find a groove. We need to, you know, settle in and let these changes take place. Well, how can you actually let them take place when you're not whole as a team? Like, we're waiting for Tim to come back and start stirring this drink. But, like, do we have all the ingredients? You know, I mean, like, it just – I'm scared for this team. I am completely and completely scared for this team because if it is another wasted year, if they're going to 2024 – does that we got two bobbleheads of Tim Anderson? I mean, we've seen the face of the White Sox. Not only this one, we don't somehow have a freak. Jose, not the Day of the Dead skull. No, not, <laughs> not the Modelo skull. Uh, but uh, the Abre- we've seen Abreu, the face of the franchise, recently go, and we've seen Frank Thomas leave. Like, is Tim Anderson destined to be in a White Sox uniform? We see Brian Reynolds signed for a hundred million dollar extension. Today with the Pirates, now the Royals, Athletics, and White Sox have not had a player uh, with a contract over $100 million. Like, if they miss out on 2023, what does that mean for Tim Anderson in the face of the White Sox and their identity and their brand and whatever they're trying to set as a culture? When I started uh, Locked on Sox with uh, Chris Tannehill, what he said about the window at that time is the window is Lucas Giolito's contract with the White Sox. Lucas Giolito's contract with the White Sox ends this year. So if Lucas doesn't come back with the White Sox, which signs are, it's still in the up in the air. He might sign back. He might not. But that is the window. This year is the window. And then Tim, I think, is gone after next year or free agent after next year. I don't know if the White Sox lose Lucas Giolito this year. And if Lance keeps pitching like he has been pitching this year, he might not get the, uh, the option picked up on him. And, of course, Clevenger's been pitched in poorly. So, if those three starters are gone, yeah, the, the contention window is done because you're not going to get three premium starters in free agency, and you don't have anybody in the uh, minors that you say, hey, here's 150 innings. Can you do it for us? And the two people you have left are Dylan Cease, really good, and Michael Kopech, which is a question mark. So, this year is the year. This is it right here. And will they sign Tim? I would advise him probably not. He misses a lot of games. 
and this one probably not his fault, and none of them are his fault, but missing games is a huge thing about getting $100 million contracts. Does Brian Reynolds miss a lot of games? He plays a different position, but does he? No, but, that's why they pay him the money. Right, but, and then and that's why Andrew Benatendi, like, he wasn't supposed to be the piece. He wasn't supposed to be the star of this team. He was supposed to be in left field for 155 games or whatever and play average defense, get on base, and not make mistakes. And he might do all of that. Absolutely. Right. Like, so <laughs> far, so good. Uh, hey, I, I thought he was going to do a little better than uh, Jose against Jose Barrios tonight, but, oh, you know, whatever. Oh, you miss some, you lose some. Uh, or you win some, you lose some. Uh, but it is on Luis Robert. We talked about his mistakes today and his, you know, lack of presence at, a, at the plate. You mentioned Aloy Jimenez as well. He was another player that they gave an extension that they thought would be the face of the franchise or, you know, a, a part of the middle of that lineup for years to come. Tim Anderson got that extension. Looks like a great deal, but you mentioned it. Like, he might not be a White Sox for long. And Dylan Cease, I've heard enough ho-humming about how the White Sox and Scott Boris don't get along when he becomes a UFA they're going to not only bust past the $100 million barrier, the $200 million barrier, and go to the $300 million barrier to keep Dylan Cease around. I mean, how many times have I heard about them not wanting to give pitchers extensions? Well, so they the don't only like player- to go past five years for starting pitchers, which I think is a smart move by Jerry Reinsdorf. Right, but if you're going over $300 million, you're not, you're not sticking at five years. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the point I'm trying to make is, like, Luis Roberts seems like the only player in the future, and this might be the future of 2028 – that the White Sox finally have that $100 million player. That's when his UFA year finally comes up. They have all those team options run out. Like, I don't think that they're going to go out to free agency and, and go sign another star. That that doesn't seem like what's going to happen. Like you mentioned with what Tanny mentioned, like once Giolito's gone, this might be a completely new look for the Chicago White Sox in 2024 because Lance Lynn's contract will be up. Lucas's contract will be up, and they might need to retool and revamp. And, hey, accountability might happen, but we'll, I, I, I got a question for you guys after the break um, about accountability and maybe what Kenny Williams said uh, earlier today or just the fact that he even spoke. Because um, it, it is weird because if he's speaking, I think it kind of goes into what I'm trying to allude to or what might happen is we might see a teardown or another retooling of this team if things go completely wrong in 2023 like they're – heading towards now um let's take a break though the lovely bobbleheads we do have uh, at least the tim anderson one over there uh, in the south side uniform uh is from our friends over at foco uh the set decorations not only that bobblehead uh, a couple other bears ones blackhawks ones as well uh there's the south paul one over there, the vinny over there i really love looking at that one i always think of, i vinny. always think of my my <laughs> good dear co-worker vinny i'm like wow he really lets himself shine when he goes to guaranteed right field making all these kids smile and shit. I'm so happy for them. <laughs> and shit. <laughs> so get fitted in the best sports gear around. They got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's spring and baseball season, so head out to Guaranteed Rate Field and check out Vinny Duber in hey, the South Do you want to smile and shit? <laughs> um, it's Vinny Duber. You can go v- greet Vinny Duber. <laughs> My big smoker hole? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're going to the smoker. kids. Yeah. Hey, smile. Kids, uh, I'm Southpaw. Southpaw stinks. Um, but uh, you can get dressed in Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. So get check out uh, check out foco.com or click the link in the description below. That's foco.com for all non pre sale items. Use the promo code CHGO for ten percent off. Also, want to let you know about our friends 
over at Shady Rays. Again, when you're at Guaranteed Rate Field, soaking in the sun, take on the sun with gear built to last. Make sure your skin soaks in that sun, but don't let your eyes soak in that Not sun. Not too much of your skin, though. Yeah, well, that happened to me last year, if you'll remember, when we when we went to the game. Oh, yeah. When we had our outing, we were sitting up there in the upper deck uh, when they played these same Blue Jays. <laughs> and, oh, my goodness, I got the worst sunburn of my life. <laughs> you too, Steven? Yeah, I got it really bad. Well, too. And he was hammered. I, I, well, I was hammered. Yeah, but yeah. that's besides. I rolled up my sleeves and I had that very clear line because it yeah. was extremely hot out. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. boiling that. Yeah, day. Well, and shady also rays for my arms. You get hotter, so you were. Is like, that a thing? I think so. Right. Oh, well, that doesn't definitely make you warmer. I don't. Uh, I don't know. We're not scientists. No. We don't play one on the podcast either. No. You're a doctor. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. Again, Herb told me, don't look directly in the sun. So take on the sun don't. with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Race have you covered with warm weather ahead with the premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Race is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Race offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. So if you do break your sunglasses or lose them, every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. Even on day one, if you lose them on day one, break them on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase, and they have your back after 30 days as well. If you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them from a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try yourself these shades rated five stars before uh, rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Herb, you've used Game Time before. I have. I need to take a sip of water. Did you like using Game Time? I loved using Game Time. I went down to Atlanta last year, Truist Field, I believe it is, and I looked on Game Time, got some great tickets for Courtney and I, and then I was like, you know what? Game Time says they get 110% back the difference if you find a same seat in that section on a different site. And you know what I did? I found another seat in a different uh, site. Did you? And I sent game time. I was like, hey, I found this seat. They're like, cool. 12 minutes later, got my $46. Boom. In my game time account. And I used it for me, you, and Sh- uh, Steven to go to the White Sox game later on that year. So thank you, game time. He doesn't even have a, 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 anything in front of him. He's just reading from just, the dome, from the heart. I, I'm a real-time this game. This really happened to This him. is really happening. It's a real thing. history. Um, forget planning in months ahead. Game Time has deals on the tickets right up to the day of the event, just like Herb needed back in September. Get exclusive flash deers, deals on t- deer, deers. Um, or deers, yeah. You won't get any deer. Get exclusive flash deals on there tickets to, for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Uh, so head over to the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. And as Herb mentioned, up to 110%, lowest price guaranteed. Um, Wait a second. We have 68 likes. Who's the last time? Who's the last White Sox to wear that number? Jose Ruiz. No. No. I think you have it. Do you have it, Vinny? Hmm. I don't know. What he number was, is was, Gregory Santos he, currently wearing? He, he was a pitcher. Probably still is a pitcher somewhere, but Dylan Covey. Oh, oh Dylan Covey. Covey. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 71 now. Any 71s? 
Mm. I feel like we're Scott Linebrink. Scott Linebrink. It was Linebrink. <laughs> nice. Scott Linesink. Hey, you've been hanging out with Connor. Hold the line. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's go that into. That wasn't always on time. The Kenny Williams question. The better Toto song. Yes, it is much yeah. better. In your face, Africa. Not the <laughs> not the continent. The song. The, the right. Toto song. Yeah. Or Rosanna too. <laughs> About Rosanna Arquette, I think. Rosanna, yeah. They, that's got a good like uh, little. Dr- Bass line, yeah. a little drum fill. I mean, it's me, you, all the way. I think the I like that one. Actually. The That's going to be We are changing vote. our name to TOTO White Sox Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> make the shirts. Um, <laughs> don't make the shirts because Toto will sue us. All right, um, let's get into Kenny Williams. Sorry to bring it down. Well, just listen to Rosanna while I, we talk about Kenny Williams. Um, her yes. Do the realities of sports. And the realities of the White Sox align. Uh, Kenny Williams' quote was, I'm talking about the realities of sports. When you do not accomplish the goal at hand, and you've been given the opportunities we've been fortunate to have been given to try to rebuild this thing, to tear it down and rebuild it, and we were on the right track, and right now the train is off the rails a bit, it would be naive of me to think if things don't correct themselves that we wouldn't be looked at as well. Um, again, do the realities of sports align with the reality of the White Sox, is, is that actually going to happen? Is that a th- an actual threat to Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams if things do go awry in 2023 and the future of no TA, et cetera, is real? No, it's not real. Those guys will have a job no matter what. I, that's what I believe. Because what else is Jerry Reinsworth going to do? Go to Chris Getz? a guy who I believe is overqual- underqualified for the job he currently has and not doing a stand-up job. I mean, the, the farm system is one of the worst in, the, in baseball right now. Um, you can blame him. You can blame Rick Hahn. You can blame Kenny Williams. But somebody has to be, be blamed. Jerry's not firing these guys. Why would he? How would he? Who's he going to bring in? Like, if it does happen, they're just going to bring somebody else in who doesn't know what to do and how to win a game. So I would be shocked if they lost their jobs. Actually happy, not that the people lost their jobs because, you know, they got livelihoods, kids, and all that stuff, but they've earned their dismissal. But I don't believe that Jerry will pull the trigger on that. I think shock described Vinny Duber when I walked in today. And I, I saw Vinny, again, click-clacking away on his, on his computer. And, uh, Is that a typewriter? I said, did you, <laughs> see what, did you see what Kenny Williams had to say? And, I, and you, didn't, you didn't know the article was around. And, like, I, I made the comment before, like, I've, I, I haven't been – I'm not long in the tooth with uh, media experience, but cut a couple, a couple years of tape at the score, did a couple podcasts at Locked on Sox, been doing this. Um, the Kenny Williams comments that I have heard since – 2019 have been few and far between. I wasn't actually a producer until April, so the Machado stuff I didn't even see. Oof. Like, I, I've only heard him talk around the George Floyd time when uh, they were talking about uh, in, uh, increasing uh, black involvement in baseball. Yes. But nothing really specific to the White Sox. So were you shocked that Kenny Williams spoke today, of all days, to speak or make any comments? Well, according to Daryl's uh, uh, piece, he was, he was reached by phone. This was an interview that Daryl got with Kenny. But um, are you, are your you? assessment is correct. Kenny Williams' public comments are rare. They are few and far between. Um, since uh, Rick Hahn was uh, installed as the general manager, um, and more specifically since 
uh, launching this rebuild process at the end of the 2016 season. Uh, Rick Hahn has been basically the sole voice uh, of the front office, with the exception of the times we do hear from Chris Getz when it involves the the minor league system. Um, to my knowledge, that is about, you know, putting out the, the, the voice, the, the one voice, the one message, consistency. Um, and from that standpoint, it makes sense. But let's not forget that Kenny Williams is a very high-ranking member of this organization um, and the person in charge of the baseball operations yes, department. Um, a lot of other teams, those are the people who have the, the, the most uh, meeting with the media. You remember when Theo Epstein was in charge uh, here on the north side, it was him who was talking all the time, and uh, more, far more rare were the comments made by Jed Hoyer, who was at that time the general manager. That um, uh, situation has kind of remained the same as Hoyer has been promoted to Theo's old job, and and I believe his name is Carter Hawkins has yes. moved yep. in to the former GM WWE role. wrestler Carter Hawkins. He was the U.S. <laughs> title champion for a very brief time. So yes, specifically from a. Uh, Kenny Williams's comments being made publicly, this is a rarity. I believe the most recent one prior to this, with the when it came to White Sox baseball stuff, yes. was that that day that Manny Machado signed with the Padres, um, and that was not even formal. You know, nope. that was uh, you know it was it was Rick that was giving the formal comments that day as well. So, um, but listen, I am not surprised by the content of what he had to say to Daryl. Um, I and I believe that Rick has said similar things. I think that uh, you know I, I I think that um, Kenny tends to speak uh, a, a little bit more freely, right? I mean, I think uh, Rick is very measured with his with his comments, and that's not. You know, I'm not saying one is better than the other. It's just that seems to be how it works. Um, so you might read a little bit more emotion into what Kenny has to say, but I think that Rick shares those feelings 100%. And I think he talked, I don't think, I know, he talked at the end of last year saying, listen, when when we think that he, he tried to take accountability in terms of, yes, the front office deserves blame for what happened. Yes, Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams deserve blame for what happened last year with the disappointment. So I don't think he is dodged any of that responsibility when you talk about accountability but hey this is a discussion about accountability and consequences when things are going very very badly and I think that while uh if you were to go embark on this project this rebuilding project and you get to where the White Sox got in being AL Central Champions in 2021 if you have back-to-back seasons of them missing the playoffs it would not be out of line at all. It would not be unexpected at all for what Kenny Williams was talking about to befall some of the decision makers on this team because that is a unthinkable disappointment. Well, and maybe this tweet should be printed out and just kept around just in case because on November 21, 2019, when Yasmani Grandal signed with the White Sox, Jeff Passan had this quote from Kenny Williams. It's clearly... Uh, wait. I think this is a typo. It's clear we're trying to put ourselves in a window that could very well start next year, but extend to the next five to seven years, 2019. Uh, that would put you in 2024. Um, I, I guess 2025. Like, does that mean once the Tim Anderson contract is up, like that's that's when the original window is going to end? Like, the White Sox in the ideal world 
five years ago thought it would be ending in 2024, possibly 2026. The, the White Sox built their window on the extensions they gave to Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, and to a lesser degree, Yoan Moncada. That's what this window was based on. And I think you could have looked at that, right, and saying, all right, five to seven, that's probably, yeah, okay, fine. And then they took a crowbar and they said, we got team-friendly deals. This window's not closed until the end of these team-friendly deals. I think every, when you looked at those deals when they were made, everybody stood up and applauded. Oh, yeah. And now you've got those players failing to live up to their expectations, and it's a vastly different uh, story, a vastly different narrative. Um, but, you know, the window's, the window's not closed until it's closed. Um, that being said... What did we hear Lucas Giolito tell me in spring training? They are out to prove that they're not this talented team squandering this opportunity. Last year, they squandered an opportunity. Through the first month of this season, they are squandering an opportunity. So they're going to write their own story. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, it's far too early to be talking about the close of a window yet, but it's becoming less and less early. Um, still looking back in history players with zero days of service time who have signed extension john singleton with the astros scott kingery with the phillies evan white with the mariners loy jimenez with the white Sox, and luis robert jr the white Sox. none of those players have lived up to those contracts that they signed i, I yet as yet so and, and it seems like have have a chance to still bust out and be the players that everybody expects them to be including themselves we're going to be back tomorrow. We'll be with you post-game mm -hmm. tomorrow after the Blue Jays and White Sox face off against one another. Uh, you see, you say Kikuchi will be on the bump for the Blue Jays and on the bump for the Chicago White Sox. It will be Michael Kopech. We will join you after around 2.45, 3-ish, if the pitch clock is, uh, is nice to us. Vinny was yelling at it at the third inning. Uh, it, it ended up picking it up. It wasn't the pitch clock's fault. No, well, I'm sure. <laughs> Walk in the yard. Throw strikes. Three, strike, three balls uh, counts to everybody. But uh, make sure while you guys are hanging out with us, we had over 200 people hanging out with us in this live stream. Make sure you're hitting up that, uh, that thumbs up button. We really do appreciate everyone hanging out with us, commenting, sending in the super chats. We know it's a tough season. Ten We're games under 500. Right but huh? We're at Colas right now? I think we're almost at 76. Uh, Jose Abreu, we were three away from Pito. Get yes. us to seventy six. I guess is Colas. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, he's twenty two. Oh, he was seventy six. But he no. was seventy six in Sorry. spring okay. training. Yeah, sure. twenty two. Um, now I forgot. Yeah, we can so do no spring training. We farmer. go deep here. We go do. We go to spring training. So there is no seventy sixes ever um, in White Sox history. No, seventy six is a cool number. Yomer Sanchez won seventy seven in two thousand twenty four. Thank you. Um, two thousand fourteen. Sorry, not twenty four. We will. I see. was going to say Yomer's coming, coming back. Finally, <laughs> that's what we've been missing. I, I don't know about you guys. I miss Leary. Um, that's going to do it for the CHGO. Hey, they went to two Sox. playoff uh, series with Leary. Hey, he's, he's, <laughs> does he have the most recent home run in White Sox postseason history? I don't know who hit in the, the game four. Somebody might Grandal, hit one. I know hit one. one, but I don't know if he Sheets? hit one after. I would think Sheets hit one in game four. Um, Sad game. Anyways, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber, and you should because he's going to be posting an article soon, whether it be tonight or tomorrow morning uh, on allchgo.com. You'll want to read it. Luis Robert related. This is Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at actorwall 23 He's our CHGO at Sox Community Leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to 
confirmed. I was right. Gavin Sheets homered in game four. Okay, there you go. Um, and you were there. I was there. Southpaw is always at the games. Um, and thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing <laughs> this show. We're at Pito Likes, so we can end the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox. I think.